Hey everybody and welcome back to Nerd to the Third, episode 20, your stop for video games, movies, and nerd culture. Today we're bringing you the power of three with your hosts, Nick, Nate, and the ever-rotating third chair, the free man himself, Morgan. Hey, hey, hey. <laughs> How's it going? Happy to be here. All right, so real quick, Morgan, go ahead and let everybody know uh, what you do, where they can find you and everything, so... Yeah, so I host a show called The Chomp Cast. Uh, it's part of Sword Chomp, at Sword Chomp pretty much everywhere, in particular on Instagram. That's where I meet most people. And But yeah, The Chomp Cast has been just a, a great gaming podcast for us. It's been growing, amazing community, and uh, that that's where you can find me if, if you don't completely hate everything I say today. So <laughs> <laughs> That's the idea. If they don't completely hate your, your face and or voice, then hey, you know, maybe mosey on down here yeah i mean if they hate one of them you know 50 50 maybe you just hate my face that's okay but um yeah it's so uh yeah I'm, I'm actually really excited to be here um i don't we i sometimes get to do some guest spots and other podcasts and stuff and it's a lot of fun for me because i get to sort of take a break from my hosting duties and uh just right. talking so yeah it's i'm excited to talk talk games and text pikachu and all sorts of good stuff so Morgan, yeah, my you... favorite part is not editing. Yeah, <laughs> I love yeah. when I don't have to edit. That's like the best <laughs> part about being on it. I can like I can just screw off and say whatever the hell I want. And if they have to edit it out, well, f- you, it's not me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so Morgan, you've had some uh, Instagram fame with the past couple of uh, videos that you've done. What? We have a celebrity in our midst. Some pretty cool stuff, Not yeah, for sure. You wanna you wanna tell them about that? You have some like, it, there's a couple. So it depends. Like, you never know what video is gonna do well or why. But I I think our two biggest videos. One that was just a random video I threw up of uh, some some fish that I was catching, and actually it was my first big catch in Red Dead Redemption Two. Um, and it was a pike because I'm a real a real big fishing nerd, and I made like a cute little video for it of you know my character like going into the the general store and buying a cigar, getting getting his ready to get his fish on, going out to the first lake. And it was the first time I had been fishing in the game, and I caught this huge like northern pike in the game, which is actually pretty cool because up in Montana where I live, I actually caught a huge northern pike uh, this summer here. So it was kind of weird, but um, I just kind of captured that experience. And yeah, I woke up the next day and it had like almost uh, three thousand views, and then next day it had like ten thousand. So I was like, wow, the video did all right. <laughs> yeah. That's kind of cool. Yeah, it was cool. And then uh, we did a video for Sea of Thieves collectively as a group. Um, that I think is at fifteen or twenty thousand views on on Sword Chomp. So uh, you never. It, I I don't really try to get too focused on a lot of those views because most of them are empty. But um, yeah, they don't always lead to like follows and you know, invested people and whatnot. But it's just cool to to be like, oh, I made this stupid video and twenty thousand people watched it. Well, so oh, yeah. I I totally get that. I have a lot of empty views as as far as like we have one ninety six subscribers on YouTube, but it's like the average viewership is like maybe ten. <laughs> so it's like, oh, I'm so glad I have so many subscribers. Yeah. So you um, well, not you specifically, but the Sword Shop Instagram page, like one day randomly added me on Instagram, and I was like, okay, cool. You know, I went through your page that, uh, and I was just like, oh yeah, that's cool stuff. The first thing I actually saw that I was like, wow, that's actually like really cool was, uh, it was when the next update came out for No Man's Sky and you did the, you made that like under 
water like lab basically oh that's the one you're talking about yeah so i was like that's really cool i put up on reddit that went insane i was like in the fifty thousand view range so that was Mm. yeah that that and like my favorite comment was like the top commenter so basically um i was i just made i was in the process of building a lab over top of an area where like some underwater like sharks and stuff were swimming um because i'd always had this sort of fantasy of building like a a laboratory on top of like a a little lagoon or something. And so I was playing No Man's Sky and I came across this lagoon with a bunch of like alien sharks swimming around. I said, all right, this is the spot. So while I was building the base, I just took like a 15 second clip of what I was doing, threw it up on the No Man's Sky Reddit and it just exploded. Like all these people are talking about how it was like deep blue sea and like where, where was Samuel L. Jackson and all this. <laughs> 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 um, uh, quoting nice. C-Lab, you know, the, the, the old school comedy from Adult Swim. Oh and, God, right. Um, yeah. So that was cool. That one was that one. Yeah, that's my true viral video. And again, I don't know if it really led to anything, but I, like, it was weird that nobody had really thought about that. And then ironically, I'd like to think maybe Sean Murray saw my video and had some moment of inspiration, <laughs> even though that's, right. that's probably not true. But then they did that the Abyss update recently, which is focused all on the underwater portions of the game. So, you know, yep. I'd like to pretend in my head that Sean saw my video and somehow felt a level of inspiration. So right yeah i just <laughs> I, remember, I just remember seeing that and i was like i was like that was really cool and then that's kind of when i started following your guys's content and like like listening to stuff and then just so man, you got one you got one <laughs> yeah. yeah you guys you guys are just characters every time so my job i i'm an adt installation tech so i have to drive a lot and so i'm constantly putting on podcasts and every time i put on one of your guys's podcasts i'm just laughing within the first like 10 minutes and i'm just like all right yeah and 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 typically my drives tend to be long so i was like this two hours i could probably roll with that (laughs) so so yeah yeah, for sure that was that was real good well that's that's cool here that's our goal like my goal as host is to try and just embarrass everyone on air you know whether it's (laughs) fish and his micro penis or something um it's you know there's always something fun to to dig at and uh, yeah so anyways it's um it's it's a lot of fun i'm looking forward to talking talking some games and other stuff with you guys today all right, well, let's get right into it with some grinding. You can go to TX3 Productions on Twitter or ThreatX3 Productions on Facebook. You can also just add at Gmail, and that is our email account, so you can get in touch with us in many different ways. Uh, check can out I, our YouTube say, as well, which is also... Can I just say that that sounds like my sex life perfectly? Let's Can we just get it right into it with some grinding? That's the... <laughs> <laughs> This is exactly how it starts. <laughs> um, uh, make sure to check out our YouTube, which is also ThreadX3 Productions, where we'll have an actual positive review of Fallout 76 coming out. So look for that. My God, it's like a unicorn or something. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think it's that. I think it's you're the you're the only one that's willing to do a video. Well, probably not, but you're probably one of the first there ones to do it. There is a few positive, but my dear Jabus, if you go out and you just type in Fallout, it's all like garbage, garbage, trash, why this sucks. And I'm like, oh my God, it's like, I'm not, I just do not experience that. And so, yeah, I'm just, I'm proud to put out something that is not like what every other person is just yelling. And then they always yell about the same thing. So it's like, do they really think this or do they see the trend and they're hopping on it? Because I feel like the same people who did that with Black Ops are the same people who are now like... Mm-hmm. Can you just make that sound one more time for me? All right, get it for the sound chip? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> 
Uh, no, I, I feel uh, you. I mean, that's let's... how it was with the uh, CFDs with us. So I, I know how it is when you feel like you're. Like, oh yeah, right. All right, so then let's jump into our first segment. It came from the interweb. All right, so it came from the interweb is where we talk about things and junk and stuff. But not your kind of junk, okay? I've heard what you talk about, mister. It's not that. There's, there's a lot of junk on the interweb. Let me tell you. <laughs> All right, so I mean, like, this came out of nowhere, I feel like, but at the same time. Literally like, nowhere. Nowhere. Not, I mean, okay, so PlayStation has announced they are not going to E3. This was, like, just mind-blown. I guess now, in retrospective, since they canceled their PlayStation experience, it sort of makes sense. But at the same time, that's PlayStation experience. That's something that they themselves just threw together because they like their fans, I guess. Even though less and less each year, am I right? <laughs> no. But now E3 is the main place to go. Um, I don't know. I mean, what are you thinking, Morgan? Yeah, honestly, this is the first chance I've had to talk about this. I haven't had a chance to unleash yet on our podcast, but I I really, really, really hate this. Um, for, oh, really? Yeah. For a couple reasons. I mean, yes, I know people are out there trying to explain it as sort of the... the um, the, the lesser relevance of E3 nowadays as opposed to what it used to be and how easy it is to just watch it from your home and all this stuff um, and how it's become more of a fan show and all that. But at, at its yeah. core, like, I feel like it's just because Sony feels like they can't hang with everyone else. Like, Xbox knocked it out of the park last year. Uh, Nintendo does a very weird version of E3, but they, you know, they can do a good job. And last year, it was just weird the way Sony handled it. And basically, they're just oh, bowing yeah. out. And so... That on principle irritates me, but like I was actually planning on going to uh, E3 next year for the first time too. So on like a personal level, it's it's you know frustrating. But I just right. it just I feel like it's kind of a dick move. They haven't missed an E3. What is it in twenty four years? And they're basically just saying eh, we don't need to be there. You know we're Sony. It's just it's kind of arrogant. It just sort of lines up with a lot of like issues I have with Sony lately. So mm-hmm. yeah, it, it the, the whole thing just really just pisses me off, man. Would you say it pushes your buttons? I, uh, uh, we're past the button pushing. All right, we are smashing the buttons. We are throwing the controller out the, out the window at this point. No, I mean I tried to blow it out of proportion because it's like whatever. If they make a great game tomorrow, we're all going to run out and buy it. But I just, as true, a whole, true. from this to the classic lineup and a lot of stuff, I just I, Sony's just been pissing me off lately, and and the Xbox has been like the reverse of that for me. I feel like they're doing nothing but like smart, intelligent moves from a business perspective and a fan perspective. So that's that's my uh, thought on that. Uh, Nate, what are you thinking? So when they announced that they were canceling PSX this year, um, a, a lot there were a good amount of people that were upset because people who have gone since they've started doing PSX, that's kind of become a tradition. Greg Miller them. wasn't that sad. <laughs> well, wait, what? Greg Miller wasn't that sad. Oh, yeah. Well, so whenever they announced they were not doing it, made total sense to me. Because yep. although it was good, I personally like the decision they've made the within the past year or so with their games in the sense of, hey, this is what we're working on. We're going to show you this. We're going to go basically kind of put most of our cards on the table mm-hmm. and show you, hey, this is what we're doing. This is what we're working on. Mm-hmm. And so I feel like for them, especially at the time, it worked. This could be a negative consequence of that now, mm-hmm. especially you know, still staying in the PSX cancellation. 
them saying, hey, we've kind of showed you everything. Spider-Man's already out. Yeah. There's no real sense in us holding a conference to show you more when we've kind of showed you a lot. So I think that that made sense. I was like, okay, that's fine. I understand them canceling that. So Plus, I mean, the last two were just like they were just yeah. Well, the last one, the last one in particular, was a completely different experience. It was basically yeah. a fan meetup event, pretty much. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I mean, um, we don't need to spend thousands upon thousands of dollars for a meetup. Yeah, but with them canceling, with them not going to E3, a lot of people were like, well, you know, Xbox said the same thing last year and EA did. And these are obviously two completely different things. Xbox isn't wasn't at E3, but they were at E3. They were across True, yeah. the street, but they were still at E3. PlayStation canceling, not, not being at E3 at all, not being a part of it, 100%. 100% guarantees that we're getting an announcement either in the summer or in February, like in 2013, I think, that PS5, they're going to have their own event where they're going to announce PS5 or they're going to announce something like that. 2013? 2013 was when they came out, and I think February of 2013 oh, okay. was whenever they announced PS4. Oh, Okay. Yeah, like, that so, the, but they did that in February. Okay. No, okay, what I'm saying gotcha. is they did that in February. Then so, oh, okay, with okay. them canceling both PSX and not going to E3, yep. I believe that confirms they're going to have an event either in February, like they did in 2013, or That's in in the summer, maybe past E3. But mm-hmm. I think that it's more than hey we don't have anything to show you because we've showed you everything already. I think they're working on something big, and that's yeah. why. And they're wanting to put and and I see what you're saying as them being arrogant because it kind of does seem like arrogant PS3 Sony, but I think it's one of those that will have to wait and see what actually happens to see if that decision has merit. Yeah, ah, oh, God. I mean, first off, it was yeah, just a big kind of blow, just like whoa. But then, like as you think about it. It makes more and more sense after you, you know, let your rage boil down a little bit. It makes more and more sense. How long has Nintendo not been doing E3? I mean, they've just been staying home, spending no money on conferences, no money on people flying there, no money on, well, I mean, booths. They do have booths, so I couldn't say that. But, you know, like not as much as maybe they would have before. Mm-hmm. Um and then Xbox kind of doing the same exact thing. But, I mean, Xbox doesn't make sense because they pretty much just like, you know, they almost did a TanaCon where they're like, you know what? I don't like the way you do it, so I'm going to do my own thing. And they just go across the street and they're like, we're, we're going to do our thing. And we're going to, and of course they do it like the day before, like a bunch of jackasses. Like, oh yeah, we're so important. We're going to do it before everyone announces <laughs> our stuff. That one but was interesting too I because... Can't, go ahead. I can't. I can't point out their um, snootiness without then pointing out PlayStation's snootiness because they're also essentially trying to do the same thing where they're like, oh, yeah, well, look at us. We're going to do our own thing. And, I mean, yeah. it does have that air of, um, yeah, just snooty uptightness. And, you know, it like, do they really need to do – I mean, I don't know. From a perspective of all the other companies pulling out and not doing their own conference, or they are doing their own conference, rather, um, it does kind of make sense when you look at it that way. Um, But if you look at it from the other way, where they were the only people who were going there, they could have used that to their advantage 
to really make them the focal point. So, I mean, I guess in return, they're making themselves the focal point by not going at all. Well, it's going to be very interesting to know. see what happens this year at E3 because yeah, with what, PlayStation... What is left? Bethesda? <laughs> well, yeah. So, well, so I think there's going to be some a lot of good that comes out of this. Uh-huh. Um, primarily, who is going to take PlayStation slot? A yeah. lot of people were saying maybe Devolver Digital. Maybe the or... Ouya. What? <laughs> maybe the Ouya. Maybe the ooh yeah yeah, but I think I think that um, with them pulling out, this could be good because we may could have like like Devolver Digital or some other more up and coming companies have their own press conference in that time slot. But I think this also works out the best for Xbox. Xbox, I think, is going to have a stellar E three. I think they've got a lot of cards that they haven't shown yet, and I think that this could be because honestly, twenty nineteen. I think for both sides is the guarantee is guaranteed that we are going to have some talk of what's coming next generation, what the next generation is going to be. Yeah, I mean we're Whether already it's coming time. Soon, yeah, yeah, time wise we're we're ready for it. You know, so I, I mean I don't think consoles are going to come out if if a console comes out next year. That I think that'll be a miracle. I think we're still looking at twenty twenty, at least for PlayStation. I think we'll get a PS five yeah. in twenty twenty, but um, yeah, I mean I. You know, there's a bunch of speculation going on right now, especially with the fact that there could be a discless Xbox One, which kind of just builds more into the Xbox Scarlet thing. But, um, you know, well, one of those, I hope that Xbox shines super well since PlayStation won't be there. Well, it's weird. And I wonder if that, um, go ahead. Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, oh, you're fine. Go ahead. I was going to say, and I, it really makes me wonder if this choice is going to help or hurt Sony in the long run. Are they going to give Xbox such a win and then their press conference isn't going to be what they thought it was going to be? Well, and the weird thing is because if, if they're my understanding would be, they're not even doing a press conference either, which is, you know, there's, that's always the big thing that at least a lot of people that watch from home or wherever look forward to is you always have the, the big press conference. Like I know, I know as sword chomp, we all get together and we record sort of like our live reactions and we watch them. And that's where you get the big announce. Like last year, that's when the big cyberpunk trailer dropped during the uh-huh. Xbox show. Uh, and even, even though Sony's conference was kind of weird with the whole last of us thing and then shifting all the media to another facility, they still had like the first real gameplay thing for death stranding. And they still had some cool stuff in there that people were talking about. So like the fact that I, I assume this implies they're not even going to have a press conference, um, it's just a bummer. It just feels like they're going to be left out of all that excitement. And I just, it's, I, well, even market, if they have a good reason for it, it just seems odd. Well, market wise, it works in their favor uh, because the, one of the detriments about E3 is everyone is shouting into a vacuum at the same time, trying to pull from different directions. Look what Xbox is doing. Look what Nintendo is doing. Look at this. So, for PlayStation, for Sony, it could work. You know, them pulling out, they're going to do their own press conference sometime next year that's separate from E3, separate from everybody else, which mm-hmm. might be good for them because they're going to be the only ones talked about at this moment of whatever they show. So it could be good for them. But what But what I'm really curious is if it's what they're going to show is going to be good enough for not being at E3 and Xbox. Because, you know, Nintendo has tree, you know, the Treehouse you know directs and stuff during e3 that's cool but you're right xbox and sony for years have those are the two press conferences you sit down with popcorn for yeah and xbox xbox has always put on a phenomenal show except for of course the infamous tv 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 yeah <laughs> but you know so 
it, it'll be really interesting to see what happens. But I think that leaving E3 could help Sony. And going back to the their show last year, Jeff from PS Best Friends, who was who's been on the show before, he was at E3 for the company he worked at. And it's funny because I heard from a lot of people that were watching live that was like, that was really weird. But from his experience, he was like, it was weird, but it was really cool because the way that they did it. So from someone actually being there said that that experience was actually, although weird, yeah, yeah. very new and different. I hmm. I guess the my only the only last thing I'll, I'll say on this because I don't want to interject too much. I guess the only way I would say I respectfully disagree with the idea of that is um, it feels more like they just don't have something worth you know what I mean? like if it, i feel like if they had the confidence to show something um i feel like that's that's just got to be good you know and it just it's very probably the case too it, it just worries me when because what i hear when i'm reading between the lines is that they don't have the confidence to show anything either new or exciting by next e3 and that that's just what mm-hmm. i hear between lines and that that's a little concerning but um i think the bigger problem is this and this is something that i'm I, I strongly believe in Sony. I don't. They're not in trouble. They don't really need help. I mean, you guys are making logical sense, but I don't even think they really need help. They've. There's no console war. They've obliterated the sales of everything else. Um, two of the ba- biggest games this year, God of War and Spider Man, sold like crazy. Mm-hmm. Critical acclaim, right? I think the problem is that they, they're they can just feel like they can do whatever they want because there's no real consequence. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, have you like they say in competition yeah. when you're so far? That's why Xbox does a lot of interesting things, like with the adaptive controller and Game Pass and stuff. They were so far behind that they said, "Well, let's just stop trying to catch them. Let's just do cool things for gamers." And that, yeah, and that's just yeah. a ph- philosophical thing that I believe in. So I don't know. That's just just the way I look at it. Yeah. No. Well, I'm gonna ask a the big the biggest question now that we're really getting into it. What happens to E3? Because, like, I joked about it before, but seriously, who's left? Bethesda and Ubisoft are the only ones that, like, at E3, they actually do something. Because EA left, Xbox left, Nintendo left, like, four or five years ago. Well, So, so what's the, left? Well, as far as the show floor, I don't, I don't know. But even though Xbox left, they're still there. They're in the umbrella of E3 because even though it was the day before... I mean, it's right next to each other. So I still very much consider Xbox it being. Still counts. Yeah, it does. Yeah, I still, I, I still, I still think it counts. EA, I could give a about honestly. Their press conference yeah, last year was, or this year was yeah. okay. The only thing I was excited about was the very candid um, <laughs> reveal of, "Hey, we're working on Jedi Falling Order. It'll come out at some point." They had this weird game where, like, it was a girl going through like a flooded city, and there was like this giant like fish creature swimming up at her boat. It was like an indie game. I. I I'd have to look it up on our thing, but it uh, sometimes EA will drop a weird indie game that'll surprise you. But in general, yeah, I don't think people care. Well, yeah. So, and I mean, that's kind of like what I mean is as far as like, you know, Xbox doing their own thing to get, to get outside of the zeitgeist and EA just tried to do that too. But like, as far as E3, you guys count it, but it's like, there's a reason they went away from it. They went away from it specifically not to be in E3, you know, cause otherwise why wouldn't they have done it inside the same building? So they're still trying to differentiate themselves from E3. So what does that mean for E3? And and like, I mean, a real good question is like, if you have the big, the big wigs, Sony and Microsoft and EA and Ubisoft, 
well, I guess not Ubisoft, sorry. Um, but you have all the big wigs and they're not spending money to go to the conferences and to, you know, fly all their people down there. What is Ubisoft and Bethesda's incentive to do the same? Like before, for instance, before they did it because they wanted to make sure they were heard alongside everybody else. But when everybody else is off doing their own thing, are they still going to want to spend all that money, all that capital on just flying a couple people down to say, hey, here's all this new stuff that you're going to get pissed off about later online? Um, Maybe it'll be something like what happened with the video game awards. I really don't know. I yeah. I, I think it's cool that, that E3 has started to become more, Hey, let's let people come in if they want, instead of being an industry event. But kind of the way I look at it is I don't, you could have just left it as an industry event. I mean, you've got PAXs, you've got all these other different conferences that people go to. So maybe with more people pulling out, maybe we'll see something like what happened with the video game awards, how the video game awards used to be this televised big thing and then they had their weird years for a couple years and then now they finally found their groove of hey we're putting on this show we're live streaming it and that's it you know so but it's funny you mentioned the video game awards too because i i think as a weird consequence of this the game awards are going to get bigger because you know yep. it's it's mm-hmm. it's the point now where it's growing and growing and you know a lot of people have respect for for keely and then of course every year lately kojima's been dropping some there's bombs that drop at the uh at the game awards now so um, it'll probably help them. And it's always fun to kind of sit around and watch the game awards, but it sucks if E3 starting to dwindle and because of Sony doing things like this and splintering it. Like I feel like as a consumer, it was always fun to have one big convention where everybody gets together. Yes. And even if it's a big, you know, dick sizing contest, like it was still fun to sit around and just, I remember when I was a kid, I used to just open up GameSpot and just like all these new announcements, boom, boom, yeah. boom. It was like Christmas, yeah. you know? And um, th- as if that starts to go away, I just think as for consumers, I just think it sucks. But yeah, yeah. And I mean, if you look at maybe not the hard hardcore like us, who when they announce what date they're going to be doing their thing on, we're going to know about it on day one. But let's let's look at like the medium tier to the low tier people who maybe just look at it occasionally or like you know something like e3 is what the mainstream kind of pays attention to Mm -hmm. and by diminishing that you're diminishing kind of the outlook on gaming in general like even as a hardcore person it's still kind of hard for me to really wrap my head around okay what's pax what's tgs what's there's so many conferences already to worry about and now essentially i'm having to worry about something else even if they do put it around e3 that's like it's just one more thing that i have to worry about one more thing i have to cover um and it's something that Yeah, yeah, exactly. Instead of being one concise thing and the average person, just the average Joe who maybe looks at it because he remembers his, you know, yesteryear and, you know, the average Joe, he's not going to take the time to go look up when they're doing their conference or if they're going to be doing a conference. They're just going to not see him there and go like, well, Sony obviously sucks because they didn't even come. Yeah, it's I just don't. I just don't see how it's a good look. Even if they were to announce something big next year. I don't know about you guys, but I, I just spent a lot of money on Xbox One X. And I know a lot of my friends, <laughs> I just bought a PS4 Pro. And like the idea of having to think about another console, I know that gets yeah. people exciting from like a, 
a dream perspective, but like the actual idea of something like that already is kind of daunting to me. But I I will totally agree with you there because I'm a person who about three years ago, because I bought it before my daughter, I got a PlayStation or a second PlayStation four. So me and my wife could play together. Mm. So, you know, yeah, we have two PlayStation fours and you, I mean, I already knew that in about a year or so it was going to be obsolete and it was going to, you know, I already kind of, well, maybe not even a year, obviously I wouldn't have done it if it was just a year, but still you, you, you can kind of see where I'm going with this is if I would have known that so soon after I'm like, Oh, okay, we'll go get another one. And I get it. You know, especially a bunch of PC guys listening to us. They'll be like, ha ha console. You're so silly. <laughs> Yeah. But the it, it P- is kind of it is we, like we already had the pro and we already had the X. And so we had this moment in time where like console people were scared. We were just scared. like, Oh, my God, this is going to be a yearly thing. It's going to become the next phone, you know, and so we got scared for a little while. And so then, I mean, number one, Xbox two and PlayStation five, they need to come out with like backwards compatibility. Otherwise it's just like, it's, it's becoming too much for console gamers. Yeah, for sure. Well, and the crazy, the crazy thing is like, I've been playing red dead two on my Xbox one X and, um, I've been listening to some people just compare the different versions and whatnot. So I had no idea mine looked like I, it looks great no matter what, but I had no idea the X version looked as good as it did. till I did some reading at like digital foundry and stuff, but like there's things in that game that just can't look better. They look like mind blowing. Like it's just the thought of needing more. Um, yeah, right. it's just like, there's just things in red dead, for example, that show me that the, the full capacity of that console, those half consoles are there. And I'll, I'll tell you, I'll be honest with you guys. I had to eat a lot of crow because when the Xbox one X was first announced, I was very like, oh, stupid. Oh, who cares if it's the most powerful console? You guys don't have any games and blah, blah, blah. And then Cuphead came out and then Game Pass and Sea of Thieves. And then I just bought an Xbox One X and I've been playing everything on it because it just looks better. And like, I've, I've totally come full circle, but um, it's a great system. The games look like mind-blowingly good. Red Dead 2 is an example of the fact that I don't think we need something yet. So if if... I don't know. It just frustrates me sometimes. Like, I feel like they're just trying to pull money. <laughs> they're just pulling all of our money out of us. You know, it's just, yeah. Uh, but you know, maybe we're wrong. Maybe, maybe we won't hear. I mean, I think you guys are probably right, but maybe, maybe next year we'll just hear the whispers of it and we won't actually hear anything concrete until next year. And that would probably make me feel a little better. And we won't get death stranding until another 10 years. Anyway, yeah. So, I mean, <laughs> Yeah. You know, maybe Death Stranding is actually like a six-hour game, and he'll have it done sooner. Who knows? Oh, that would be that would be such a big fuck you to the industry. Be like, hey guys, this is a crazy experience. It's six hours long. Keep playing it. <laughs> hey, the six good hours. That's okay with me. Six very weird f-ing hours. Go Anyways, ten minutes. Yeah. All right. So I mean, that's what we thought about the PlayStation not showing up to E3. You guys let us know down in the comments below, or or, or at TXP Productions on Twitter. Um, up next, we're going to have X3 Reacts. The first, like, immediately, I just picture you going, or, 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 or. <laughs> is that Poplio? Is that what that is? Is that what? Yeah, pop, uh, it's a, I'm sorry, it's a seal Pokemon. Uh, oh, okay. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> Poplio, come on. All right, so X3 reacts. I mean, there's only one thing that everybody's reacting to this week, and that's Detective Pikachu. Pika-pika. Um, Pika-pika. First off, 
I want to start a petition to get Danny DeVito as Pikachu. Oh, that was Did you guys see that video? (laughs) Was that all from Always Sunny? I think so, yeah. Because it sounded like it. Like the first few, I was like, that's Always Sunny. (laughs) That's going to be a more like deranged, drunken, like just troubled Pikachu. I think that would work. (laughs) But I I don't know. There's something peppy about Pikachu that Danny DeVito just has that broken, like life has broken you sort of sound to him I, I don't want to think of pikachu like that yet but that video is pretty great <laughs> well i mean i think just from the perspective of the the actual video game the video game he's a lot more deeper voice so i feel like somebody like danny it doesn't even have to be danny devito maybe it could be like john goodman or something but like somebody a little bit more bravado um because that's what made <laughs> pikachu talking with an actual voice that's what made it so kind of funny and unique is that it was with a like almost like a Brooklyn act wasn't it like a kind of Brooklyn ish accent and it was a little deeper yeah it was Daniel Day Lewis that's what we need we just we'll just go full <laughs> Academy Award winning we don't need Pika. him method acting going around with <laughs> yellow paint Pika. on him and he just starts like tasering everybody on set <laughs> there will be lightning bolts yeah I know Oh no! Get Jim Carrey in it. He'll just be just do the Andy Kaufman thing again. Yeah, just <laughs> oh, God, method right? Method acting it. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So overall thoughts. What were you thinking, uh, Nate? Well, I agree with everyone else. This trailer had no right to be as good as it was. Right. Yeah. 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 The, my my takeaway from this is, I think this is going to be the best video game movie, but I don't think it's trying to be a video game movie. True, 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 true. Like I, I, like it's one of those that I feel like whoever's writing this and directing it, directing this, I feel like they were just like, hey, let's make a good movie instead of trying to make it a good Pokemon movie. Why? Right, let's make a good movie. Like, what? Who would have thought? I mean, honestly, who, however much drugs he's on, he needs to make sure to share it with the rest of Hollywood. Because who would have thought of making a good movie? Yeah, it, it, it what well, the, the trailer alone looks like a lot of heart was put into it instead of just yeah. trying to do a cash grab. And I remember when they announced that Ryan Reynolds was going to play Pikachu. I love Ryan Reynolds. So I was like, okay, whatever. This will be interesting. I'm not like, you know, oh, why well, I have Ryan Reynolds. But I I don't know. It definitely this... did make it seem like a cash grab if you think about it. Yeah, I see what you mean. But I, like, I watched the trailer again before we started recording and one of my favorite parts is is the interrogation scene. Yes. And when Pikachu, he's like, oh, what? So you're telling me is I just shove everyone away in my life and I'm alone? And he's like, no, he's telling you to shove it. <laughs> he was like, I don't like this. He was like, yeah. you play. It was just the the back and forth between. I think his name's Justice Smith and uh, Ryan Reynolds. It 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 just it looks like it's going to be a really really good movie. Yes. Yeah. All right, Morgan. Yeah. No. I mean, I I'm I just as surprised as you guys are. Um, I would say the thing that like I was most intrigued about as sort of a longtime Pokemon fan was like in that trailer. There's like a lot of like little details like even when he just walks in his room and you just like look at the posters on the wall like talk about the different regions like the Sinnoh region and all this stuff there's it looks like they're gonna make a good movie based around a couple Pokemon characters but like in the universe where like hardcore Pokemon fans will have all these cool little easter eggs that they'll be able to attach themselves to but like at its core it's just gonna be hopefully just a really charming movie and uh Ryan Reynolds is just smart because he can do no wrong right now. So if you want to uh, give the audience something weird like Detective Pikachu to try and digest, putting Ryan Reynolds in there, I think, is just a smart move. Um, mm, yeah, yeah. This uh, is also this is also the meter I run. Um, anytime I go to my wife and I'm like, "Hey, baby, let me show you a trailer," <clears throat> she'll I'll put it on, and then she'll like watch me like, "Oh, okay, cool." And then this is the next thing I see. 
like in my peripheral, just her on her phone. <laughs> like, okay. Cause that's what happened with the Mowgli trailer. I, I watched it and I was like, baby, watch this trailer. It's really good. She was like, Oh, and then it's like, like f- maybe a minute into the trailer and she's just, and it just was like that for the rest of the trailer. I put this on. I put Detective Pikachu trailer on. She was like, huh. And then she watched it the entire time and then laughed the entire time. I'm like, okay, okay. She's down. She's in. <laughs> so your wife's ADD habits is how you cage how a movie's going to be. I don't think it's her ADD habits. I think it's her interest. <laughs> like mainstream like, appeal kind of, yeah. Yeah, because like I was, I was like, "Hey, baby, this Mowgli trailer, it looks phenomenal." It, and you know, I, I love Andy Serkis, and she was like, "Oh, that's kind of cool." Phone. <laughs> it's just like, but yeah. it, it, her immediate interest in the trailer, and maybe it's just because she likes Ryan Reynolds. I don't know, but she, she's not a big, she's not a big pop culture like gaming or you know, right. po- she's not really into Pokemon. She knows of Pokemon, but she seemed like she was along for the ride. So, yeah, nice, yeah, nice. Um, I mean, I, I honestly, I, I agree as far as most of what you guys were saying, you know, like it didn't have as good or it wasn't supposed or I can't remember how you put it. Anyways, had no right um, being as good as it was. There you go. Uh, that thingy. Uh, I did. I agree with that. And as far as like Ryan Reynolds makes the more, I made a joke obviously about Danny DeVito, but Ryan Reynolds makes the most sense in the fact that you're, you're wanting you're wanting it to do good in the Asian market, which is also why you made sure to pick a city that looked very Asian like. Um, and obviously it's peak Pokemon. So, I mean, that's very Asian friendly as well. But if you were going to choose a voice actor, who were you going to choose? Ryan Reynolds, who was also in Deadpool and Deadpool 2 that did really freaking good overseas. Or Danny DeVito, who some people might know from this one show on FX that might not even air that much in, in Asia. So, like, it makes perfect sense to have Ryan Reynolds. Um I guess uh I guess one thing I would point out about that is that I wish like maybe we would got we would get an actual performance out of him. I know that sounds horrible, but it's like I almost wish we'd actually get an actual performance out of him rather than it's like, oh, that sounds like Ryan Reynolds, but it's Pikachu who's saying the things. You know, like that's, you know, we're going to get the all the Ryan Reynolds that we usually get, but now it's going to be an acute little animal well i got so that's not a bad thing i'm just saying that you know it would just be nice to have an actual performance maybe he maybe he could have changed his voice just a little bit to make him sound a little different you know but it still sounds enough like him so that people can recognize him i'm probably reading way too much into it i i got a different read um i think that I, oh, it, it's partially one of the jokes he said during that interrogation scene, but mm-hmm. I think he will have a good performance in it. I think it kind of sounded like, like if you listen to it again, it kind of sounds like, like undertones of him trying to put put a smile on. Like it does. Like he makes several jokes about being lonely, and his yeah. voice kind of sounds a little bit deeper and kind of maybe sounds like it could be a little bit more sad. You oh, know, yeah, so true. that would be an interesting performance. I think he will have a good because I was worried he was just going to be Deadpool. You know, right. but I think he will actually yeah, that, put. That's what I mean by he is Deadpool, which is Brian Reynolds. So, yeah, that's that, that's all I'm saying. Now, obviously, I I'm so ready to be proven wrong because, like, I don't want to be right. Um, but one thing I wanted to point out, I wanted to ask you guys if you kind of had the same experience. But one thing that kind of I thought was weird was 
the difference between like Pikachu and Charmander versus almost every other Pokemon. And what I mean is like Pikachu, they made him look like 4K. They made him, you know, have little fur mm-hmm. and they just gave him a lot of detail. Charmander in the trailer as well is very detailed, very whatever. You talking about Charizard? Charizard, yeah, sorry. Yeah, yeah, sorry. Yeah. Charizard is very like he's scaly, he looks like a dragon, you know, it it's very detailed. But then you have Charmander, you have Ivysaur, you have Bulbasaur, you have Squirtle in there, you have a couple of like the fairy ones. I don't know all the I fairy think Jigglypuff ones. was like standing on the table or something. See, yeah. I guess Jigglypuff is another one that they did make look different, but the majority the majority of them look exactly like their um, cartoon counterparts. That could just be their body type because there are a lot of characters that I really didn't think about being fur- like Pikachu in particular. I kind of really never thought about him being furry. And like Psyduck makes total, they did the same thing with Psyduck. Psyduck looks very detailed as well in the kind of brief glimpses that you see of him. Yeah. But um, yeah, I think it really just could like like Bulbasaur makes sense like being not as textured just because he's got kind of a smooth surface, you know what I'm, you know what I'm saying? So yeah. if you put a real life version to it, it makes sense, but yeah, it could, it could just depend. Yeah. I, I think we'll need to see if, if the art direction is consistent. I think it's what you're saying that you want a consistent art direction and we'll have to, we'll have to yeah. see because yeah. Cause Mr. Mime just looks like nothing. Right. I don't, I don't remember. Yeah. He looks him. exactly like his cartoon counterpart in my opinion. It's just now he's in 3d and he's lit in a realistic setting. Yeah. So yeah. Did you, did you, did, did you guys see that abomination that someone made of Mr. Mime? Um, no. Where they put his face on something it shouldn't have been on. Oh no. That sounds great though. Mr. Mime. Keep talking. I'll, keep talking. I'll find it. It's, it's uh, quite disturbing. On our, on our, <laughs> uh, on our podcast, my co-host fish actually has a Mr. Mime tramp stamp tattoo. So is, uh, this is worse than that. I guarantee you. <laughs> Like, I'm curious now. Um, <laughs> yeah, and it looks like they're going to focus a lot on the original Pokemon so that people can really relate to those, you know. Right. I'm, I'm assuming. I'm assuming that's what they're going to do. Yeah, it there's seems some, like there's more some teases the more for recent... some Gen 2 I remember seeing. Yeah, I oh. think more the... Uh... I think more the um, the the later versions are actually just going to be like more Easter eggs. So that that's for the hardcore people, but then yeah. for the people who you know who only know of Pokemon but don't know them, know them. I think that's why they chose like the first generation. If there's no Blastoise, I'm gonna be pissed. I'm gonna tell you that right now. I want to yeah. see a Squirtle, a Blastoise, right, even if they're in the background. I just want to see them. So that's what we thought of Detective Pikachu. Make sure to let us know down in the comments below. <laughs> Up next, we're going to be having a nice open discussion. So yeah, open discussion. Usually we just have each person bring their own topic and we discuss it openly. So, uh, Morgan, Gust always gets to go first. So do you have a topic for today's open discussion? Um, so one of the things I've been thinking a lot about lately, uh, playing. so are you guys both playing Red Dead 2? No, I, I actively am waiting until after the holiday season. So like I've decided that's going to be like a spring game for me. When I have yeah. nothing else, I'm just going to get lost in it. Um, and I'm also, I, I'm the type of play gamer that like, 
I played God of War when it first came out, and then I played the first like two, three hours, and then I had to stop because everyone was just like, "Oh my god, the game of the year! Oh my god!" And finally, when people stopped talking about it, I was able to enjoy it more. So. Oh, so That's you, me you don't you don't like all the the buzz or all the I do, but it I feel like the overhyping of it yeah. can negatively affect my experience on the game. But like prime example, Red Dead One, I played it in a vacuum like everyone else, and I loved the experience. So I don't want a whole lot of people telling me how fantastic it is to make me not want to play it. Yeah. Yeah. I think Nick's got a completely different view on it so <laughs> well no, i like the zeitgeist i mean that's i mean oh you mean red dead oh red yeah. dead yes, yes yeah i am actively <laughs> not ever going to play it oh you don't want to play it at all okay oh no yeah i i say screw it screw rockstar i'll probably there's a good chance i won't ever play one of their games again <laughs> okay so you're not a big rockstar fan at all well the the problem is to be in all honesty is that i'm a huge rockstar fan but i do not like where take two is taking them two okay is that because of all the online stuff like gta online yeah yeah the microtransaction stuff more more importantly the the gta money pretty much yeah i think red dead is just a weird thing because it doesn't really feel like it even should exist it's such a strange game not just because they put like eight years of manpower and and money into that but just like the things you do in that game and how slow it is it's going to be just really divisive um, for like literally on our, po- our podcast, that's all we've been doing is fighting about it for the past three weeks. So I mean, it's <laughs> I can't even overhype it because it just seems like you either love it or you hate it because it's just so weird and slow paced. Um, but like it just got me thinking about the satisfaction of we've been talking about like realism, but like in that game, for example, you have to clean your gun if it gets too dirty if you want to you know be able to do the max amount of damage um you're eating food and stuff like that and there's a lot of little things in that game and like for you guys like are you super interested in games um attempting to sort of is it more immersive for you if they're broaching on all those realistic ideas um or do you not care at all um i think i think as far as Rockstar is concerned there is something as too far um because it's like i i usually like survival games where you have to eat you have to sleep you have to all those things i actually used usually like those but another reason other than my personal hang-ups about not wanting to even try red dead is just the ungodly amount of stuff that you have to you know kind of micromanage and granted it is all stuff in the background until it's not so but still yeah that's kind of like it does seem like it can get to a point where it's like oh my god i have to do this i have to do this it's like well you don't have to but <laughs> well it was an interesting conversation that kind of kind of i actually just thought about with red dead you know people saying how realistic it is and how kind of sim it is but for a lot of people i've heard the realistic natures and the micromanagement like nick just kind of said makes it feel like more of a game to him whereas you have something like god of war which god of war obviously is a video game when i think back on it i don't think back on it like a video game i think back on it like Mm. this long experience that i was interactive through that's a good point yeah yeah, I mean it's it's you guys are more patient than I am. I'll tell you that. Like I, I like I'm the kind of guy who is free. I mean, granted, we have a little bit more of a pr- uh, pressure, I think, on our show to try and try and play a lot of new stuff, and I'm always beaten. But, but I, this is a game that's kind of a clogger. Like this is the kind of game that if you love it, you know, 
it's going to take up like a whole month of your time, if not more. God, and that's going to be a lot. Right. For, it's a lot. It's a big ask for a lot of people. Uh, but I'm impressed you guys are patient enough to just hold out on some of these games like God of War well, and Red Dead. Well, yeah. Well, I knew it, with Red Dead in particular, I knew when it was coming out with everything else that was coming out. Like, like for example, I was making, my wife asked me to make like a list for, you know, what I wanted for Christmas. Make me and, a list! <laughs> <laughs> and I don't have Red Dead on there because I have Assassin's Creed Odyssey on there and I don't want to get both of those at the same time because then I'm just going to get choice paralysis and not play either of them because um, <laughs> Odyssey Odyssey is because I'm a big AC fan it's something I want to get into because I liked what I did of Origins but Red Dead is one of those that I when it was announced the release date I told myself I'm not going to play this until like spring of next year to where I have nothing else and I can just get lost in it and not get distracted by anything else because that's the world that I want to get. I had the same experience with Watch Dogs 2. Watch Dogs 2 was a real life experience for me because I lived in that world because I wasn't playing anything else. Yeah. And so I was able to play it the way I feel like they wanted you to and the way I specifically wanted to. So yeah, I mean, I do have patience in that. And it's just one of those that with Red Dead in particular, how much love and how much attention it's getting. I'm just like, you guys can like talk about it. Uh, Let me hear your opinions. I'll collect all of them and then make mine after the fact. Yeah, and to be clear, as far as patience goes, because you were saying that you know we're holding off. I don't. I didn't hold off on God of War. That's true. That's I beat true. it on the first three days. So oh, okay, okay, gotcha. I mainstream that. So like you know, I, I do feel, have patience, yeah. but yeah, not as much as you were giving me credit for. <laughs> okay, that's fair. I just think it's a it's a weird thing, like the idea that Red Dead can exist from a company. There's a lot of people that are going to pick up this game and going to be really turned off by it. Like I don't care how much it sells. That's that's the thing with reviews that I just. I, I've completely given up on the review scene. Like, I don't believe in the review review score anymore. I think it has value for, like, the, you know, the soccer mom that's going in there to buy a kid for her, or a game for her kid. Maybe she knows nothing about games. But there's just, right. there's no way that, even the games, the best games, the Breath of the Wilds, the, this is, has like a 90, had like a 97 Metacritic for a while or something. Like, it's just not possible. There's no way that a game could be that, like, this, controversial could be that beloved what happens is you just get a wave of i hate to say it but it just takes a couple people in the industry to sort of mm-hmm. start a, mo- a wave of momentum and and nobody wants to be the one that gives red dead a bad review score like we talked about earlier with the fallout 76 thing just like nobody might be afraid to be the guy who gives it a good review score so i just right. i just don't trust any of it honestly um which i'm, I'm not trying to say like be like a contrarian pessimistic asshole i just there's if I had lined up ten people and asked them about God of War, I'd get ten different answers. I believe that. So I just don't see, think there's a lot of value in the hype. So I get what you're saying as far as wanting to to, to branch out from that. But I'm sure you probably found your like. Do you guys have like a pocket of people in the media that you trust that like you know like you might not agree with them all the time, but generally when they have an opinion, you kind of align with it. Yeah. Yes. I love no. Polygon. Absolutely love Polygon. No. Shut the. Up. <laughs> oh, that could taco, yeah, that well, could taco. They got specific... some nice tacos there. <laughs> if if I'm like a specific person, maybe at Polygon, like, um, like I love listening to Giant Bomb, but I almost never agree with Jeff Gersman or, or Vice. Like, I love a Colin Mariotti. I I I really enjoy his opinions a lot. Um, but it doesn't mean I agree with him all the time. So I was just curious mm. if you guys had like someone that you sort of trust, you know? Because like when you go to an outlet like IGN. That review is gonna be written by like one of what, like fifteen people. You know yeah, what I mean. Yeah. So, yeah, like I mean, I I listen like 
you know, Greg Miller kind of I, like kind of on a games daily is my primary news gaming source just because I'm always driving. I can always just listen to, to listen to their show and get caught up on what's going on. But with Red Dead in particular, you know, Jared Petty, he's got his podcast, Red Dead Radio, and yeah. Greg was on there. And it was a very interesting episode because Greg and then they did a review discussion and Jared's very high on it. And Greg's like, I played 20 hours of it and it didn't hook me. I just I'm not going to go back to it. Yeah, and yeah. it's something that I well, wasn't that expecting. Makes, that makes sense, knowing Greg. I mean, see, but Greg is—I love Greg, but he his personality is more like he was running around dressed as Spider Man before the game even came out. You know, like he's—he is that was uh, his photographer, and he's more of an upbeat kind of bouncy kind of character, like personality wise too. So yeah, I, I can after playing Red Dead, I can I can totally I can totally see that for sure. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Like, it's hard for me to say there's one person I trust because it's like I. I feel like, and I don't mean this on anybody who, anybody out there who I'm your person you trust, then you're making the right decision. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> but like, I don't trust one single person because it's like, I don't know, like, it's so hard. Like, Jim, Jim from Jimquisition or whatever, it's like, I like a lot of what he says, but then like him trashing on certain games where it's like, it's like okay, that's a bit too pretentious for me. It's like I like the pretentiousness when he's talking about like microtransactions, for instance. But then when his pretentiousness is a constant thing on every single game that has ever been released, it's like oh okay. But then out of nowhere, he'll be positive on something. It's like, but you said the same op, or you said like the opposite thing about this other game, and. And yeah. it's kind of similar. I don't know. So it then, yeah, when you talk about like Greg Miller, um, like I don't know, it's it's very hard because it's like I agree with maybe some of what he's saying, but it's often so many times that I don't agree with him that it's hard to say that there's like one that I trust because it's like ah, I don't know. Yeah, that that's a that's a tough question. You give me some <laughs> tough questions that, to think about. Well, and I just think about that when I think about like the way these games are reviewed cuz like I I personally sure. I I love Red Dead. I think technically it's hard to play that game and not think of it as like the technical achievement of our time, but there's no way that game is a 9.7 and everyone would agree with that. Like it's just yeah, to get yeah. to get a wave it, all the games that are out there. I just that's why for me I kind of throw and this kind of evolves into like a review score topic, but I kind of throw review scores out the window. I feel like there's a lot more value in the text or the context of the review or a discussion. Definitely, definitely. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, that often gets glossed over for the score. But um, yeah, I do hate when they when they really started focusing so much on the score. And I mean, that's for the mainstream people. That's for the people who maybe fast forward the review or go all the way down to the bottom of the page, for instance. Yeah. It's for those people. And those people are so many that we're actually like the minority, the people who don't care about the score and would actually rather hear like words being spoken about it. Like we are the minority because we we are so in in. Uh, word we are just so small in comparison that it's just it's ridiculous the Mm -hmm. millions upon millions of people who just care about the score like it's it's ridiculous i mean that's why it's still there that is the that's also the reason why it's so hard for for me to just be like oh i don't or i trust one single person because it's like i might trust jim when he's talking about something that's riddled with microtransactions but then i'll trust greg miller when he's talking about spider-man 
Yeah, I think you kind of know what you're getting into. Like, obviously, if he cares a lot about Spider-Man, he's looking out almost for the best interest of something that he loves. Um, mm-hmm. So there, I think they're like, I I would love in some you know weird fantasy world for people to come to me when they're thinking about like No Man's Sky stuff and stuff like that because it's something I care a lot about. But I I agree with you. Like that's we're all just so very different. But I, that's what's it's beautiful about it. And um, I'm curious to see how the Game Awards shake down. My prediction is that. God of War will win because it just has more mainstream appeal. Um, and I think there's like Breath of the Wild last year. Breath of the Wild was kind of an anomaly. Did you guys both play Breath of the Wild? I did. Uh, I, I did. I didn't beat. <laughs> I still haven't done the Ganon fight at the very end just because I keep trying to do it, getting my ass kicked. So I, I have to get more gear. But yes, I played like I played throughout it. So, okay. yeah. And you, you too? No, he doesn't. No, yeah. I don't have oh. a Switch. Oh, okay. Gotcha. Well, um, it's against my religion. So and that game's another weird one that I'm just surprised so many people liked it because it's just which well that's an interesting religion you have there. Um, well, so yeah. Well, so it, what? Are, go, go ahead. ahead. No, no, you're fine. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, I'll finish your thought because I was going to jump to something else. Um, I was just. It's sort of an anomaly that these kind of games can exist sometimes. When I think at Red Dead, it actually is a really brave, bold game because it's going to push so many people away, and I think that's what's yeah, so interesting sure. yeah. about it. Yeah, so going into you know, your mom game game surprise that people <laughs> like me and Nick, you know, like I was messaging you, <clears throat> me and Nick have a very interesting experience with Far Cry Five. Very, very interesting. Both me and him, leading up to it coming out, were so excited for it that we decided to start a podcast for mm-hmm. it. Um, it's a podcast we call Hope County Radio. And wow. So the, okay. Okay. The idea was it was a great experience. So, and we had, you know, we had we definitely had a lot of interaction with it. But the idea was because far because Far Cry Arcade was supposed to be this big thing, and they were supposed to be this you know user generated content consistently. It would you know we could still continuously do the podcast because we could have like you know we would have like a top ten every week and and mm-hmm. things like that. We would do showcases, but. That aside, that had a bunch of issues that we just were kind of really couldn't get around. We're playing the game, really liked it up until you know certain points. But I think me and him can both can. I think he'll agree with this. The ending of the game basically kind of ruined the whole game for both of us. Mm-hmm. So yep, yep. I'm kind of curious, and I, and I can go more in depth. But I'm kind of curious what your take it like the enjoyment you got out of it or why you why you like it or kind of what your take is on Far Cry 5 as a whole compared to ours yeah no that's that's that whole story is actually fascinating you guys had a, you, a whole podcast about Hope County and stuff like that um, it was good it was I mean it was good stuff like we we talked through our experience as we were playing mm-hmm. and then you know I, I was really excited to do the top 10 stuff but when we would find these maps and the only way we could record them to make content was if we jumped into a lobby with six people mm. you know the whole system was kind of broken at the beginning but yeah, that yeah, I think yeah. is the least of Far Cry's problems <laughs> right um, yeah I mean that's well I guess for starters I there's a couple weird things that happen here and I'll address the ending thing last because I don't know if you want to get into, if we're allowed to get into spoilers or not I'm fine with it but it's up to you it's, it's, it's almost December I think it's fine okay. yeah it's fine <laughs> um, so there's a couple weird things that happened that made it sort of a perfect storm for me the first one is I've never played a Far Cry game before never Ooh. never never touched a Far Cry game God, so can um, you imagine that I would love to live in that world <laughs> I think I think my experience might have been different honestly well yeah because one of the biggest criticisms I heard of the game was that it was just so similar um, and 
I, I have nothing to base that on because it's just one of those weird series that had sort of slipped through my radar. And um, so, like, there was, like, a weird freshness about the game for me. Yeah. Um, nothing revolutionary, obviously, but, like, I didn't have the fatigue. So you get mm-hmm, rid of the fatigue, mm-hmm. which is very unique to me, I know. Uh I'm a, it was placed in Montana. I actually live in Montana. That's a big, like, weird, weird thing that I was curious about was that someone took the time to place a game in, in my state. That's like literally, I don't think that's ever happened before. Um, so much so that people were like calling me because of my podcast before the game came out because they wanted me to be on like local news stations and talk about this game. When the when the trailer first dropped, it was like a really big deal here in Montana. Um, oh, really? Yeah, that's yeah, cool. Yeah, it was. Uh, I'm still waiting for that Boise one. <laughs> <laughs> And so, but there's relate, yeah, yeah, and uh, and it sort of did a lot of things like fishing. I'm a big fishing nerd. Like anytime there's fishing mini game in another actual game, I really get down on that. I lived in Montana. This uh, one of those magical things that happened with this game is it actually inspired me to get out and fish more here um, because I'm like, look, these people made this game and they set it in Montana and they said that fishing is a very distinctive part of living here. And I was like, well, f- it's got to be. So I just it made me like go seek out like local anglers and stuff and Facebook pages. And I really found some cool local fishing spots here. And it like actually had a physical impact on my life as well. Um, nice. And I just sort of loved the insanity of it all. But like it was a perfect storm for me of a lot of things coming together, I think, to create something that was very unique for my enjoyment. Hmm. So you say you've never played Far Cry. Have you since? Have you still only played Far Cry Five? Yep. Yeah, you know, just Far Cry Five. Yeah. Play Far Cry Three, one thousand percent, and then and then get back to me at some point. Let me know what your opinion is, because with me, Nick can speak to his. With me, I didn't have fatigue going into Five, and honestly, I don't think Five was similar to them at all. Like it felt oh, completely yeah. different to me. One hundred percent, completely different. Um, the biggest one being the different basically choose your own region like go yep, from yep, go for whichever definitely. one you want which was cool but and you if you go down the rabbit hole you'll see what i'm saying jacobs was my favorite region in Jacob, the whole game jingleheimer schmidt we're bringing this shit up again <laughs> uh jacobs region felt the most like an like a far cry game hopes for sure didn't and then jake uh john oh shit john was it john yeah it was john right john jacob that's right yeah John's region, I did, I liked the least because it was the tutorial one. So I was just kind of like, yeah, oh, whatever. Yeah. Um, but I think f- for me, what got me is just the fact of, in Can three we agree in particular, your for me is your new quote unquote. Hey, <laughs> uh, for uh, yeah. Anyway, I'm not gonna say it again. Three and four, the way the those two ended in four, the entire game had a choice based progression system where you were between these two um siblings you know you're trying to part of this rebellion so whichever one you pick towards the end what rebels oh yeah whichever one you pick towards the end chose whatever ending you got and three you had a choice at the end and it was basically you know i'm I'm not gonna ruin because it's actually a really good experience but either choice you made a chick or don't a chick whatever so (laughs) if you choose you choose to do one thing that you can, you can either go against what you've been trying to do the whole game or do something that, you know, you're, you're, you're building up to do the whole game pretty much. But both choices were like, okay, that was interesting. Or that was really cool with far cry five. I enjoyed it. I enjoyed the different nature of it up until the end. And when I played both endings and like, I've, like I've said before, far cry five, 
its ending, especially the the nuke ending, oh. has a game has never actually for for story reasons and other reasons made me not want to pick it back up. Like after that ending of the game, I was like, okay, I've got no reason to jump back into this world and clean up the side missions. Yeah. You know, if to me, just, just to kind of sum it all up, the ending of the game felt like everything I did didn't matter. Yep. Well, yeah, in a way it kind of, well, it kind of doesn't, I guess. But, um, so I, my understanding from the nuke ending was that you can keep playing the game, but it's it's sort of the idea is that you're playing everything before that happens, right? Because <laughs> right. obviously the nuke would have taken everything out. So right. It's sort of, I think it's like Horizon Zero Dawn. Yeah, it's like one of the – and that's sort of a little bit of an older model where the people, they go for the – you can finish the game and then kind of go play the missions you missed, but it's not like you're just walking back into the world. Mm. Um, from my understanding, when you play it, when you play it after the nuke ending, like you don't run into really any – um, yeah cultists yeah because you've you've completely cleared the map which is one of the main reasons i once mm. i read that i'm like oh well then why the hell would i even play this game like why what's what's propelling me forward to even do a platinum even if i would have been interested in the platinum what did what did you think about the ending because i mean our our thoughts are pretty you know much set in stone what was your thoughts well i mean i thought it was I guess I didn't really feel, yeah, I came away differently, I think, but I'm, I know that I have a history of liking sort of strange endings. Um, uh-huh. I'm not, to be honest with you guys, I'm not generally the kind of person that'll even go back into a game and get platinums and stuff. I, I basically did everything before I finished it too. It was like, sort of like the slate was ready to be wiped at that point. Um, <laughs> I, I saved it to the very end was the, the finale. Cause I was just enjoying like one of the things I think is underrated in that game is the prepper stashes are just really yes. cool. These like really cool yeah. like, puzzle things that are like environmental based. Um, and they're also mm. environmental storytelling, which I think the game does a pretty good job of. Um, and it also had a slightly different experience than you in that I wouldn't say John's reason region was my favorite only because one of the weird things about playing this game for the first time that surprised me that I liked was when I first started walking into whatever the first area was and I shot a guy twice and he died. I was like, Oh my God, they're not bullet sponges. This isn't the kind of game where you shoot a guy <laughs> many times. You know what I mean? It was, yeah. it was, it was like refreshing, but John's area, I'm sorry, Jacob's area is a little more bullet spongy because it's supposed to be the third area you get to. You can go wherever you want, but ideally it's the third area you can get to. So there's more body yeah. armor and like that. Um, more like taking down like weird, like towery looking things and stuff. So I guess there was sort of like a quaint, like, I just like, I wish more games would do this. And I know this is like a very personal thing, but I like the feeling of walking up to somebody and shooting them once or twice and having them take realistic damage. Red Dead does that really well too. I'm just kind of over the shoot a guy a hundred times to kill him. Yes. You know? Yeah. Well, the reason why I like Jacob so much and the reason why I think it's, it's, it's atypical Far Cry is because Far Cry is known for... The modern Far Cry three and four, they're known for being kind of trip fests. You know, the whole in Jacob's region, you the only you saw. You know that fucking with your mind. That's very normal in the Far Cry because in three you have a lot of psychedelic stuff. Not a lot, but you have experiences where it's it, it, it everything kind of fits all in all in that as well. Yeah. Another reason why I didn't like John's is because I fucking couldn't stand his boss fight. I. For some reason, my game broke, and every time I died in that f***ing plane, it spawned me at the end of his f***ing runway. No, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. It spawned me in a field f***ing 400, 500 meters away <laughs> from his runway, so I kept having to run. I died four times. I kept having to run to his f***ing hangar. The last time I ran to his hangar, the plane wasn't there. 
The plane wasn't there, and I fucking drove. Okay, so I drove to Nick's place, which I hadn't unlocked yet. But yeah. I was like, maybe there's a plane there, and there wasn't. So I just had to fucking die and do it all over again. Oh, he's restarted. Well, I mean, yeah, that that sucks. That sounds <laughs> that that was a little. I actually had a funnier experience where I I got lucky, but I crashed. I was I was about to kill him, and I crashed into him with my plane, and <laughs> it, I died. Right, but in somehow the game registered his death first. So when it checkpointed me, it was at the point where he was already going down to the ground and you have to just chase him down and gun him down, which it, which I think is too bad because I think that sequence is cool other than the fact that we both kind of experienced some, like, one of the one of my big criticisms of, of the game, even though I really enjoyed it, was that it's it does feel like it needed about six more months to bake in the oven. Like, it's mm-hmm. it's like the glitch yeah, you had. It's, it's rough around the edges. And look, there's really no excusing that because it's that kind of stuff but the sequence is cool you know you have the the showdown in the church leads into a uh like sort of a gunfight on on vehicles and then you're in a plane and then you're chasing down the forest like conceptually is is kind of cool um, yeah sucks yeah. To hear that that, that was that was kind of a weird well see chasing him down the forest that makes sense but that was for me that was a weird experience because what happened was was i shot his plane down i thought he died mm-hmm. and then i saw his parachute and literally ran it right on top, landed right on top of each other, like on the ground. We looked at each other. He pulled his gun out and I shot him. And then it said like, oh, end. And I was like, well, that was really anticlimactic. <laughs> like you could have just, I could have just died. Yeah. You could have just died whenever I shot your plane. Like, I don't. Uh, well, was, <laughs> I see. And I think the, that's, that's weird because it's totally different for me. Like the way I went down, I had to kind of like drive a, I ended up grabbing a four wheeler and track him down for like 30 seconds or so and he was like yapping at me in the woods just yelling all this shit and i walked up to him and it was like a very intimate moment where i pulled my handgun on him and just put a couple bullets in him. it was like a very like private cool thing but it, <laughs> like it sounds like what happened with you it just sucks and you know that's 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 fair because if the game in a lot of these open world games and they allow it to be that clunky and weird it, you can kind of suck the the drama out of it so that sucks man i i feel for you yeah but definitely definitely check out four is Four is good. Three is fantastic. Um, four is kind of just more three, just looks a lot prettier. Um, but I definitely would recommend three, especially because I think three has the best villain in the Far Cry series. Which, how did, let me ask you, how did you like um, the father? Loved him. Loved him a lot. And, oh, and the God, way that right? I love Metal Gear Solid villains, um, like sort of charismatic. Like he, I think the thing that helped me with him is because he's kind of in the background, is every time you'd finish a chapter, you'd get like those long monologues with him where the, you know, facial capture and the voice acting was just incredible. It's actually the voice actor that plays him is, uh, he was in the handmaid's Yeah. He was in the handmaid's tale. And, uh, I watched that Amazon thing. That was like a precursor to this too. Have you guys mm-hmm. seen that? Oh, hell yeah. Yeah. yeah that was good. Um, so yeah, like, he's great. Just outstandingly well realized, but like all the villains in this game, I kind of look at like, like the metal, the fight with faith reminded me of a metal gear solid fight. Cause you're like, you're like all blissed out and she's like disappearing and floating in the sky and you're, there's like a big f***ing cache of ammunition in the middle of this area and you're just like shooting her with a machine gun or whatever. And like, I think if for me, that's kind of how I approached it. It was sort of like wacky and crazy in like a Metal Gear Solid kind of a way. I don't know even though that's what they were going for, but that's kind of what the way I looked at it. Yeah. I mean, now that you say it, it kind of makes sense, but you know, Faith was probably my least favorite. Well, for me, Faith was the last one I did. And so oh, I was like, Jake. So John's- you're like, wizards make sense. Yeah. Well, I was like, I think I give Faith's region like maybe some, <clears throat> maybe it's an unfair thing because like John's, I was like, this is kind of boring. Jake was like, oh, that was great. 
but at the end of Jacobs, I was like, okay, this game's kind of starting to wear on me a little bit. Like it's, I'm noticing some things I'm not liking in the face. I was like, I basically was playing, I was basically was doing this the whole time. I was like, all right, cool. Okay. Whatever. Yeah. And then when I finished, I was just like, F- I just put my controller down. I was like, I don't. It, it sounds like you probably just over overstated its welcome a little bit for you. I did them yeah, in, in a reverse I think so. a reverse order, so that probably you know is and there was some cool stuff in face region. Like there was this one prepper stash that was like a haunted house that was that was oh, great. Yeah, yeah, that was good. I um, like that one. The, yeah, the, a lot of the little touches in that game added up. And the last thing I'll say is I've been trying to get interviewed with this guy for months, and I'm goddamn it, I'm going to make it happen somehow. But uh, underappreciated this game, the music I think is just exceptional. Um, Dan Romer did the soundtrack. And I still listen to it to this day. Like, there's almost, like, two soundtracks. There's, like, the game soundtrack and then, like, the weird kind of songs they built for the world. Um, but, like, Dan Romer does a lot of stuff. He just did Maniac that's on Netflix and stuff. And uh, I just – I love the music in the game, the menu music, all of it. It, it almost feels like it's too good for that game at times. Um, but and I just think that it just doesn't get – it's that game gets lost because it came back out in March. And I know some people had issues with the stuff. But yeah, I don't know. Like that's uh, at least that helps you understand a little bit more why I ended up uh, digging it so much. Yeah, and, and that and all of that makes sense. Like especially your like, you know, perfect storm situation. It it makes a lot of sense. And I'm not saying that it's a terrible game by any means. It's yes, just it not my favorite Far Cry. <laughs> Criticism wise, I will I can will say this very quickly. Um yes, it is fighting the same crazy long hair looking cultist guy eight thousand times is it's right. it's comical looking. Um, the game is really rough around the edges sometimes for the sake of comedy. Um, everything is just hyper aggressive in that game. It just feels like you walk down the road and everything's trying to kill you. Um, it's, I, I think more so because you're not a, you're a silent protagonist. I think it makes it worse because the thing that was nice about three and four is that you're this just random guy, like, especially in the third one, excuse me, you're a whiny little bitch. You're whiny little, like, oh I'm, I'm partying with my friends on an island oh why am i having to kill people and so you're as the player you're you're witnessing his experience from going to this really whiny fucking putrid kid to this person who's being trained to fight these people on this island and you know you're actually getting dialogue whereas this one is like i'm just i'm just a silent sheriff i'm just fucking shooting everything in sight yeah yeah yeah, it just fits the tone of the game, which is just all over the place. Right. Just yeah. all over the place. All right, so I think that's going to be the show today. Thank you so much for tuning in for the 20th episode. I've never done that before. Of Nerd to the Third. Uh, so uh, last little quick announcement. We're going to have one more episode for this year, and then the rest of our episodes are going to be pre-recorded. So we'll be talking to you from the past. Uh, So we're going to do game of the year, movie of the year, TV shows of the year. We're going to have some Christmas talk. Um, And then finally, like, what are we anticipating or or no, I guess anticipating doesn't come till later. But we're going to talk about, like, looking back on the year and what we've thought about and everything. So but that's going to be all pre-recorded so that we can take all of December off. But we don't want to leave you with no content. So we're working our butts off to make sure that we have enough content to have one podcast a week. So just wanted to give you guys a heads up that last or next, not last. Next week will be our last episode. I mean, it's not technically, but yeah. You know, and so, all right. Um, the last thing we're gonna do for the day um, is we're gonna pick our next topic for Nick and Nate's '90s nostalgia. 
So Morgan, usually we get our guests to help us out, pick what we think we should do for our topic. So Nick and Nate's 90s nostalgia. For Something context, from the 90s. Yeah, for context, we've done like Power Rangers before, and then we did, um, what was the Rock'em, shark one? Rock'em Sock'em Robot. Or no, not. Uh, oh, we Soccer Boppers. We did Soccer, soccer Boppers. boppers. Is, is, it a, is it a game or? It can be anything, anything. like anything Absolutely that's anything. memorable from the 90s to just to talk about. Um. Okay. Well, I was I was gonna I was gonna say either Donkey Kong Country or EGM. You guys can pick. Like when I like the biggest gaming magazine of uh, that I think spawned a lot of what we see in today in gaming. Greg Miller talks about it a lot. Electronic Gaming Monthly. Do you guys remember that? Nope. Yeah. Nope. <laughs> I, I, I I didn't read them in the nineties, but like I, I I know of them. But yeah, I mean yeah, Doc. Yeah. Yeah. They're they're fun. Like a lot of people that are in the industry spawned out. Like I know Mark McDonald's over there at Eight Four Play now and. Um, th- yeah, those, the way g- video game magazines in the nineties, you could even make it broader if you wanted to, but it was just such a cool, fun, different, weird kind of journalism, if you want to call it that. So that's, that's what I think. Of what about, I what about, I'm going to take your idea. I'm going to steal it somewhat. And I'm going to say, let's talk about demo discs. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah. Demo discs are a really a good, good one. one. Yeah. Yeah. So it's sort of similar cause you had to get it from a magazine, right? You did. Yeah. 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 No, demo discs are great. Yeah. All right. So next next time we're going to talk about Nick and Nate's 90s nostalgia. We're going to talk about the good old days when you had a disc with demos on it. All right. So thank you so much for joining us for this Nerd to the Third. I am Nick. Here with me today was Nate. With a question mark, I guess. F*** me, right? What? Nate. <laughs> you Nate is like, Nate, Nate okay? I was here. I don't know if you're here sometimes because you never love me. This is true. This is true. And Morgan, once again, real fast, give them, give them where they can find you. Yeah, thanks for having me on. It's been a lot of fun. I don't get to talk enough Far Cry because <laughs> my <laughs> friends don't really care for it that much. But you can find me on the Chompcast, anywhere you get podcasts, uh, at Sword Chomp on social media, in particular Instagram. It's been a lot of fun. Um, thanks for letting me vent, get a lot off my chest. So Feeling good. Sweet. Feeling good. Yeah, I, I. This is a good one. This will. This be, is definitely a good show. This yeah, will be sure. in the history books. I'll tell you what. We're going places, sir. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, thank you so much for joining us for this nerd to the third, where you can always talk nerdy to me. <laughs> no video. You don't have any video. No, he's he's got, he doesn't have a webcam. I don't have a nice fancy laptop like some people. What do you? What do you? <laughs> I, I just have a webcam. I bought off Amazon. Exactly. So now you have even more money than me. Thanks for reminding me. Hey everybody, and this is episode twenty, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's the big two. Okay. <laughs> I'm getting your vape on, huh? Yep. I, left, I left mine downstairs, but I've been, uh, fish got me hooked on some, some vaping, so. <laughs> well, see, I used to, I was, like, when I graduated high school, I, my, my buddy and I, we were like, oh, yeah, let's start, and then I got real obnoxious about it, real obnoxious, and I stopped for a while, and then, um, just randomly, I was like, I'm gonna go pick up something, and then, you know, I, now it's becoming a habit again, and I'm getting worried about it, <laughs> but, uh, it's just it's just one of those that's just got a nice little crutch kind of thing. Do you do you do you have nicotine in yours? Yeah, I, I just three, just three milligrams of nicotine. Yeah, I get I've got addictive. I've got like a 
condition with my heart that's not been diagnosed by any means, but if I have too much like caffeine yeah. at a time, then uh. like, my, or that too, my heart, like it, it's like beats real fast. And so if I have anything higher than three, like it, yeah. All right. I feel like you do that when you're trying, just trying to like kill time. You just make random noises. <clears throat> I don't know how to segue. All right, so I mean that's a goddamn. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so that's pretty much gonna do the show. That's gonna do the show for us. Whatever it's doing, that is what it's doing, and it's it, it's done. It's over. It's so, over. It's done. It's, okay. it's been it's boop, been boop. nuked. There's no reason to go back. Okay. I can't see anything. I don't know how to open this. How do you open this? Ah, there it goes. <laughs> That's nasty. <laughs> okay. Did you see it? I, I'm unable to. I'm trying to open the chat, but it's not showing up in my... You gotta go to, like, the left oh, here, side here of your go. screen. You got it? Uh, I think so, yeah. Let me see. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. Oh, that's a flashlight. Dear, oh, dear, oh, dear. 